So I think we're agreed, said Rev, that it's high time we put on the biggest illegal street party this city has ever seen. Heads nodded around the circle. Skylark had counted ten. It was never many more in those days before the thing took off. Rev presided, perched on the stack of blue pallets they called the throne, skinny, pale and hairless, in a black boiler suit. Then the other usual suspects, Bendy Aoife, who was practising her splits on the floor. Mouse, his ankle-length dreads wound into a giant tam. Big Mole, in her flouncy floral dress and bother boots. They were the core crew, the veterans, who had lived so entangled with one another in the treehouses, benders and squats of the anti-roads campaigns, that they could recognise each other by armpit odour alone. Yes, they'd tried it. But as this Tuesday night was an open meeting, advertised in loot, and on a hand-scrawled notice pinned up in the anarchist bookshop, a few randoms had turned up too. Two old socialist worker types with beards and flat caps, who had introduced themselves as Ken and Len. A keen-eyed student with braces and rainbow-striped trousers. A moody-looking guy in combats. Rev wasn't keen on the open meeting idea would have preferred to keep the world-changing group small and closed. But Skylark had insisted, this is not just about people like us. The world has to be for everyone. It's that or it's nothing. We're ready to move up a gear, Rev went on. Having tested our tactics and techniques twice now, first in Camden Lock, then on City Road, we know how to take a street and hold it. We know, more importantly, that our parties perform their function, that they give people a glimpse of a looking-glass world, a free world. Ken, or was it Len, raised his hand, exposing the worn leather patch on the elbow of his donkey jacket. Excuse me, and apologies if I've misunderstood. He frowned beardily, but I thought this was a meeting about a political protest, about bringing down capitalism. Oh, absolutely, said Rev breezily. That's what we are all about. So? Ken slash Len looked perturbed, concerned. Why are we talking about parties? A party is a portal, Mouse responded solemnly. A flaming arrow of hope and life fired into the heart of our dying city. Mouse was the world-changing group's spiritual guru, and when he spoke, which was rarely, he struck each word powerfully, like a gong. Silence briefly fell. Ken and Len bowed their heads together and scratched their beards. To be clear, we are not about old, dull, dusty politics, said Rev. We don't do placards, slogan shouting, manifestos, minutes, clauses or subclauses. I mean, good luck with all that if it's your bag. We just happen to think that changing the world should be a laugh. A serious laugh, added Big Mole. In the camps, Mole had run kitchens, magicking heaps of mouldering swede into warm, nutritious soups and curries, through mud, hail and snow. Once, during a long, cold winter on Dolcup Hill, all the food in the kitchen had frozen solid, and she'd spent days hacking up the vegetables with a machete. There was no messing around with Mole. No point lecturing people about how to change things, she said, blunt as a spoon. 
will just get on and do it, and they can see for themselves. The rainbow-trousered student put up his hand. He looked very young, and his foot was jiggling nervously. I'm Jez. I uh, went to the party on City Road, he said. It blew me away. It was magic, really. I'm studying sociology, and I'd really like to know a little bit more about the theoretical underpinning. Theo what? said Mole. It's a party, that's all. Oh, okay. Thank you. Jez seemed a little crestfallen, although his eyes still shone with eager idealism. But Ken and Len were not convinced. Len, or possibly Ken, now raised his hand. So the aim of your street parties is to stop the traffic? The aim of our street parties, said Bendy Aoife, in her soft Irish lilt, is to change the world.